Aloha. It is time again to squeeze into our speedos and dive into the deepest depths of moist football goodness. It's another episode of the Alternative Football Podcast on the left side. I'm Jim. I'm going to take you through seven days of football funny in a week that a Malaysian couple enjoyed an entirely Arsenal-themed wedding, complete with red and white decorations, a groom in full Arsenal kit, and a wedding toast to Mesut Ozil. Classy. I'm also assuming that, just like the Arsenal, their marriage will start strongly before sharply falling away to a disappointing shambles by February. Right, let's do this. This week, we have the football club more shambolic than Leeds, find out which footballing city is actually a country, and we have some worrying news for religion. But first, apparently, Jamie Vardy is not quite what he seems. Look, can we just hurry up and give Leicester City the league title now so we can all move on and talk about something else for a change, like, uh, I don't know, Stoke? Are they still a thing? Anyway, the Foxes aren't quite over the line yet, but the engaging tale of rags to riches and victory over adversity gets even more intriguing week by week. And not just because they're now hot favourites after starting the season with the same odds to win the leagues as the bookies had on Elvis Presley being found alive and well. Really? Oh, mama, I'm back. A lot of this good feeling is down to the very likeable man at the helm, Claudio Ranieri, who did no harm with his what a nice fella I wish he was my granddad factor when he appeared to cry like Gaza watching Marley and me as his team picked up another three points last week. Either he was overcome with emotion or he'd realised exactly how much he was going to have to fork out for beer and pizza after his players got another clean sheet. As you left the pitch, Claudio, it looked like you were just a little bit emotional. Yes, of course. Uh, you make this uh, job for the emotion then I feel inside. Indeed, the affable Italian is part of what makes the Foxes such popular potential champions. Be it calling himself the Sausage Man after learning a local butcher's had named a sausage after him or revealing that he'd banned top goalscorer Jamie Vardy from shooting practice, instead insisting that he goes in goal in a positional switch seemingly straight out of the Louis Van Hal playbook, or maybe just giving fantastic interviews like the one he gave to the Players' Tribune recently. During his chat with the US Sports website, not only did he describe midfielder N'Golo Conte as playing like he had batteries down his shorts, but also, when talking about Vardy, he said, He is not a footballer, he is a fantastic horse. He has a need to be free on the pitch. I don't know, but I'm sure there must be some kind of limitation in playing real-life animals in the Premier League. But this isn't the first time he's used a horse metaphor to describe his team. Back in December, he said this. You look at the right horses at the FNA. Now we are at the the last turn. Yes. When are you going to whip them? Yeah. When are you going to go? And march. I quite like the idea of treating footballers like horses. Get the good ones and breed them with other fine athletes instead of page three models and you'll breed the next footballing superstar. Forget the million pound contracts, pay them with sugar lumps and carrots. It's not a bad idea at all. That said, if we were going to go down the treat footballers like horses route, the current Aston Villa team would be in real trouble. Right, that's the Leicester City box ticked this week. Let's get on to Louis van Gaal, shall we? Another week of amazement has passed as the Dutchman inexplicably keeps hold of one of the biggest jobs in football. This week, the Dutchman came under fire for seemingly making his team selections by pulling names from a hat and playing a grand total of seven players out of their natural positions. 
with centre-backs as full-backs, centre-midfielders on the wing, full-backs up front, strikers out wide, and the tea lady as a holding midfielder. Yep, according to Van Hal, Ashley Young is a striker, Anthony Martial is a winger, and Fellaini is a footballer. Baffling. Thankfully, for the sake of his job, accidentally letting Wayne Rooney's three-month-old child pick the team was overshadowed by an equally bizarre pre-match interview. Clearly, slightly rattled after his team bus went the wrong way and turned up 45 minutes late to White Hart Lane, proving it's not just the team that's lost direction this season, Van Gaal made this rather strange admission. I could do that, then I was a god, and I'm not a god, I'm a simple manager. Maybe it was part of a far bigger point, but being so late to the game, he was unable to elaborate on. Maybe he was going to go on and say, I'm not a god, I'm also not a very good football manager, I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing. But here's the thing, this isn't the first time he's told the world that he's not a god. As if he's really sure that some people think he's actually the almighty. Last year, he said this. You think that I'm a god, but it is not like that. What really worries me is that his insistence that he isn't god makes me think, could this be some kind of elaborate double bluff? What if he really is god? Could LVG actually be the second coming and we're about to sacrifice him like we did 2,000 years ago? Has he come to this earth to punish United fans for committing the deadly sin of pride? Or the players for greed? Or Luke Shaw for the sin of sloth? Come to think of it, there's a fair bit of sin in football, isn't there? Let's not even get started on lust. Right, Giggsy? I expected uh, a little bit of that. Uh, Speaking of godlike managers, the shadow of Alex Ferguson still hangs over Old Trafford, and the ex United manager is pretty unhappy with how things are shaping up, if a recent story in The Sun is to be believed. In an astounding piece of award winning journalism, the tabloid rag reported that Fergie's enjoyment of a trip to watch the Masters Golf in Augusta was ruined when he dropped a sausage sandwich when he heard about the Reds' loss to Spurs. The story read A furious Fergie flung his half-eaten sandwich down on his plate when he discovered they lost to three late goals. They even had an eyewitness report of the incident. An onlooker said He was looking on his phone when he suddenly threw his sausage down onto his plate in anger. He'd obviously seen the United result. Obviously. Interesting use of the word obviously when other words could have been used instead like possibly, maybe speculatively or yeah it's a stretch i mean you can't even really throw a sandwich onto a plate that's a few inches away illy nope there is no other possible reason for such actions and that is a story certainly worth the column inches in a national newspaper top quality sports journalism right vardy yep lvg yep what else do we do on this podcast oh yeah jürgen klopp it was El Clopico this week, and it didn't disappoint. Jurgen Klopp welcomed his old team, Borussia Dortmund, back to Anfield and won the World Cup with Liverpool. What? Wasn't the World Cup? <laughs> Seemed that way from Twitter and stuff. Alright. Won the Europa League with Liverpool. They didn't win that either. They just got through to the next round. Well, anyway, now Liverpool fans can stop talking about a heated night in Istanbul and instead chat about a heated night in Merseyside as the Reds performed the comeback of comebacks from 3-1 down to 4-3 victors and Dejan Lovran popping up with a winning goal that, in an instant, changed fans' opinions from sell him in the summer to build him a statue at the ground. It was a game and a half, the best comeback since Pato Banton's baby heard the record and turned up on his doorstep with his TV and Bob Marley CDs. 
So it was no surprise that everyone was getting a bit carried away, with even Lovren's defensive partner Sako thinking he'd won at least the European Championships. I think the, the team played with heart, and the fans never, never leave them. And I think together it's a win for the Liverpool country. I know they speak a bit funny up there, but I'm not sure Liverpool's a separate country, mate. Surprisingly, for such a pulsating game, the main man himself, Jurgen Klopp, wasn't bouncing off the walls when he gave his post-match interview. In fact, he seemed pretty calm about the whole thing. When we brought Joel and, and Daniel, we gave them on the pitch, with on the pitch as a message, we want to show character. It's not important if you lose, I don't care. Yep, that's one message you may be sending when you send on Daniel Sturridge. The other message is, we're probably going to have to make another substitute when he gets injured in 10 minutes. But what was the other thing Klopp said? But we have to show character. Where have we heard that before? We show great character today. And to show the character that we've done, then we had to show big character today. We certainly have the strength of character. The reaction to going behind was fantastic. You know, I think you've seen the real character in the team. Wouldn't it be amazing if, at the end of the season, Jurgen Klopp pulled off his giant rubber mask and turned out to be Brendan Rodgers all this time? They could have gotten away with it if it weren't for those meddling... But back to Rodgers, I mean Klopp, can Liverpool now go on to win this thing? Huge step closer to a trophy and of course a Champions League place. Please, don't <laughs> ask me uh, this, this shit. But even if Klopp isn't getting carried away with things just yet, that hasn't stopped the good people of Liverpool doing so, as this caller to BBC Five Live proved. This is the greatest day of my life. The reason I'm not there tonight, I'm in the hospital bed right now, I've had my first child tonight. Congratulations! What are you going to call it, Michael? It's I'm Dejan, I've already decided. It's not a bad name, but calling your baby after a player in your football team is always a bit of a risk. I guess you've just got to be glad Stefan Kuntz doesn't play for you. Still, on an exciting night in Liverpool, the Merseysiders have proved once and for all, all you need is Lovren. For those who bemoan a lack of stability in their football club as the managerial merry-go-round gets ready to crank back into action over the summer, spare a thought for Sicily's Palermo. The troubled Italian club have just sacked their manager, Walter Novellio. No surprise in that, you might say. With the team deep in the relegation zone and six games left of the season, something had to be done. But here's the thing. Poor old Walter has only had four games in the dugout before getting the boot and clearing the way for the club chairman, Mauricio Samperini, to make his ninth managerial appointment of the season. Yep, that's on average a new manager every month since the start of the campaign and more governors than they've had wins. Here's the real twist. The guy tipped to take the big job at the club is Beppe Giacchino, who's already been hired and fired as Palermo's manager three times this year. It's absolutely splendid madness, and it makes the manager's job at Leeds United look like the most stable career move in the world. But why are they bothering having the expense and hassle of hunting down a new manager? When you're getting through that many in a season, you're clearly not that fussy. How about this as an idea? Call out a seat number before a match, and that person gets to manage the team for the day. You never know. Best case scenario, you might get someone who kinda knows what they're doing and maybe managed an under-11 school team you could get a win. Worst case scenario, you get Tim Sherwood. Right, that's it. The curtain falls on another alternative football show. 
If you like what you hear, then drop us a nice review on iTunes. Go on. And if you really like what you hear, then why don't you tell your mates and you can all join in the football fun. Plus, follow us on Twitter, at OnTheLeftSide. Right, I'm off to place a bet on Elvis being found alive and well by next season, because that's full time. Laters. Bye. Bye. Bye bye. 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 Bye bye. Bye bye. On the left side is a Paint Your Headphones production and is written by Ant McGinley and Jim Salverson. When are you going to whip them? Yeah. When are you going to go? Yeah. I expected a little bit of that. Maybe a little bit too hard and they're all keen to impress.